From the U.S. Army, a national touring band and rock radio programmer, it's Nick Summers. And this is The Right Side of Rock. Here's Nick Summers. Politics, of course, in the headlines. And every so often, politics merges with rock music. So I thought it would be somewhat topical today and take a look at uh, a couple of different subjects. Really, how about musicians who became politicians? Some of these you may have heard of. I bet you there's a couple you haven't. I was taking a look at the article researching this episode of The Right Side of Rock. Came across Far Out. It's faroutmagazine.com.uk. It's pretty left-leaning. Heads up. Nevertheless, the information is is valid. Sometimes an artist needs to conquer more than one field to fulfill their trajectory. Sometimes they need to aspire to something grander and greater, resorting to areas of politics, where chiming choruses do not permit the singers, drummers, or guitar players the chance to show their political faces. Unless you go to a Bruce Springsteen concert, then it's just he's yelling at you the whole time to vote. Vote for the liberals! He's insane. I Listen, great artist, but come on. There's nothing worse than being preached at when you go to a concert. I've been to a few. It's not always fun, at least from the left side of things. <laughs> I don't mind it when Ted does it because, you know, I agree with him. Anyway, how about musicians who change direction and steer into politics? I got a list. We're going to look at five of the most notable luminaries that left the trappings of rock for something completely different. Again, this is all according to Far Out Magazine, which is in the UK. You heard of Dave Roundtree? Maybe not, but you've heard of the band Blur, haven't you? You remember the song, Song 2? was the drummer for Blur. Roundtree was instrumental in getting the band recognized, both from a musical and legal point of view. He took it upon himself to return to the law during Blur's hiatus, feeling there was a great deal to delve into. He tapped into an interest that didn't involve either sticks or cymbals. After a few losses, he eventually won a seat on Labor, which gave him the chance to serve as the Norfolk County Council. He stood as MP from 2017 to last year where he decided to stand down. Quote, it's been a joy and a privilege to represent the residents in University Ward, Roundtree wrote on his website. And I've made some friendships here that'll last a lifetime. I hope when this is all over, I can get back involved somehow. Interesting. Here's a clip of him thanking the constituents and how humbled he was by his election triumph. Relieved, thrilled, and uh, genuinely humbled by it. You know, it's really, uh, really humbling that the residents of University Water put their faith in me. Everybody knows this guy, Sonny Bono, Cher's first husband and possibly greatest collaborator who duetted on such jaunty singles as I Got You, Babe. That single in question proved to be one of the most ubiquitous in rock, which likely explains why it pops up so frequently in radio playlists across the world and possibly the galaxy. Everyone loves the tune. Well, I don't know if I love it. It did make me laugh in Groundhog Day. 
never met Cher's success as a solo vocalist, but branched out into politics instead. Elected to a position of Palm Springs mayor in 1988, he enjoyed further acclaim when he was elected to the United States House of Representatives in 1994. Sadly, he died in a skiing accident in 1998, but the Palm Springs International Film Festival commemorates the singer-turned-politician annually. Uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, I am truly fascinated and uh, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy being here because it's such a thorough education. There you go, Sonny Bono. By the way, a Republican. Much to Cher's horror. How about Chris Novoselic? Does that name ring a bell? Maybe you know him better hearing him in his band. Basis has been popular figurehead in the realm of U.S. politics. Although his impassioned defenses for the artists in the world shouldn't come as much of a surprise, especially when you consider the singer-turned-political independent founded JAMPAC, which is Joint Artists and Musicians Political Action Committee. Over the years, JAMPAC has fought against a number of restrictive bills, including teen dance ordinance. <laughs> Why is there an ordinance where teens can't dance? It's a 1985 law that made it difficult for minors to attend rock concerts. Oh, I get it. Ban dancing and then just keep them out of the concert halls. That makes sense. The bassist created controversy when he decided to make a comment in favor of presidential hopeful back then, Donald Trump. Critics were surprised to hear a left-winger speak in favor of the multimillionaire. As an avowed independent, I don't endorse a major party or candidate, Novoselic confirmed. And it feels insane to have to say this, but I don't support fascism. And I don't support an authoritarian state. I do, however, support Donald Trump. Who knew? Delving into the taboo world of conservatism and rock artistry, Nick Summers and the right side of rock. We're not all loony lefties in rock and roll. And this person I have to say I never heard of. Or even the band. Or the song. But the voice behind all kinds of everything ran for president of Ireland in 2011. Who am I talking about? Dana Rosemary Scallon. Snowdrops and daffodils, butterflies and bees, sailboats and fishermen, things of the sea, wishing eyes 
The former Eurovision star could place herself in the world of politics. I mean, who knew that that was a possibility? She planned to drive and steer into a more conservative approach. Now, remember, I'm getting this from Far Out Magazine out of the UK. Their line is, conservative back to more antiquated times. It goes on to say, thank the Lord that she didn't win the title. <laughs> she did receive almost 3% of the vote. Yikes. I am not anti-Europe, she clarified. I have always said that Europe, the concept of Europe, is good. We want to be in Europe. Her comments were made after she criticized the European Union's decision to push the Lisbon Treaty back into the public consciousness. The singer in question made it her mission to speak on behalf of women during the campaign. Her pro-life views were criticized by some more liberal members of the public. Look at that. A European rock star or pop star who's pro-life. Again, wow. One more. Peter Garrett. He's an Australian frontman and is one of the foremost musicians of his generation. He fronted and continues to front Midnight Oil. Do you remember that big MTV hit, Beds Are Burning? increasingly concerned with the problems arising about the environment. He's a left-winger, yes, and he felt it was his duty to speak out for the country. By the way, did you know he's a lawyer as well? He was elected to the position of environment minister in 2007. Garrett was responsible for spearheading the whaling conservation policy, culminating in a cessation of commercial and, quote, scientific whaling. His impact was just, and since returning to Midnight Oil, Garrett has made sure to continue down his chosen crusade, delving into environmental and social concerns. I knew the guy was a lawyer when he was in Midnight Oil, but I had no idea that he had jumped into politics. The Right Side of Rock with Nick Summers. Some other interesting uh, pop stars, rock stars who lean way to the right. Did you know Elvis Presley? Yes, Elvis himself wrote a long... We're caught in a trap I can't walk out Because I love you too much Yes, Elvis himself wrote a long six-page letter to Nixon expressing his concern for the country and suggesting 
he could use his position to help, quote, the drug culture, the hippie elements, Black Panthers, etc. They do not consider me as their enemy, meaning he could speak to those people, whereas the Republicans at the time could not. Presley also suggested he be made a federal agent at large in the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs. In their face-to-face meeting, Presley stressed his love for this country and told Nixon, I'm on your side. He said he also been studying the communist brainwashing and that the Beatles have been a real force for anti-American spirit. <laughs> I guess he wasn't a fan of the Beatles. You know that picture with him meeting Nixon? It's the most requested item from the U.S. National Archive, more so than the Bill of Rights or the Constitution of the United States. Wow. You remember the band Spandau Ballet? I know, not really rock, but he's a long-standing conservative. That's good. Tony Hat. Tony Hadley. He's the singer. Ted Nugent, we know all about Uncle Ted. Hard rockers renowned for his conservative views and anti-drug and alcohol stances. I was actually at one of his concerts, and I found it really odd. I love Ted Nugent. Don't get me wrong. But I found it odd that so much of the money made at concerts is, is, you know, concessions. I mean, they make a lot of money on concessions. Why do you think a beer costs 10 bucks? And he actually, in between songs, started yelling at all the drunks in the concert. I'm like, "Ah, that might not be a good idea. That's Uncle Ted. Eric Clapton. He's, you know, I don't know where the guy stands. Everybody talks about, in 1976, he was drunk. And he had said something, rambled something about keep Britain white. I mean, it was, his reported remarks were a factor in the creation of rock against racism. That was the 70s. More recently, he took the jab. He believed the hype. He got the jab for COVID. And guess what happened? He had problems playing guitar. He lost the use of uh, his his I think it was his left arm. He had some pro- he had some adverse reactions to it and he got mad. He even wrote a song against it. So there again, I'm not sure where he stands, but it seems to me he leans kind of right. You're listening to The Right Side of Rock with Nick Summers. We started with rockers who went into politics and we're going to end the right side of rock with Rockers who lean on the right side of politics. 50 Cent. Again, I know not rock, but hey. He revealed way back in the day that he'd vote for Bush if his felony conviction didn't prevent him from voting. I want to meet George Bush. Shake his hand. Tell him how much of me I see in him. Who knew? We know about Kid Rock. Big time Republican. Big fan of Trump. Did you know that Kid Rock was once penciled in to headline a youth concert organized by the Bush daughters, Jenna and Barbara? Until family groups protested and it got scratched. You a fan of the Ramones? I know I am. On induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2002, the Republican declared, God bless President Bush. Johnny Ramone died in 2004. He once said, people drift towards liberalism at a young age, and I always hope they change when they see how the world really is. That's pretty profound, if you ask me. And that's from the Ramones. 
They're supposed to be anti-establishment, aren't they? In a previous episode of The Right Side of Rock, we talked about this. How being a conservative is the new counterculture. You had the 60s, you know, and the 70s to a certain degree. Everything was way left. Free love, free drugs, you know. Government's here to take care of us, that kind of nonsense. Flower power. I'm not slamming it. I mean, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. But looking back on it, I find most of it ridiculous. And many of those lunatics are in charge of our education. Take a look at all of the universities. Yeah, those guys were the ones that were standing naked in San Francisco getting high. Now they're teaching your kids. You wonder why we're sitting where we're sitting. It's refreshing to hear a punk star like Johnny Ramone, God rest his soul, come on out and say what he said. I'll read it again. People drift towards liberalism at a young age. And I always hope they change when they see how the world really is. Did you know Phil Collins was a, uh, a right-leaning rock star? The drummer famously promised to leave the UK if Labour were elected in 1997. And then he did move to Switzerland. See, unlike Whoopi Goldberg and Rosie O'Donnell, who all scream and cry, I'm leaving if Trump wins the election. They never left. He actually left. Phil Collins. We've talked about Gene Simmons before. I don't know where he stands half the time. I think he's more honestly a libertarian, but I do know that he really appreciates and and feels blessed of all of the wonderful things this country has to offer, the opportunities this country has. He he has gone on record many times. You're not going to get this anywhere else on the planet. It's the United States of America. That's where dreams really come true. He got a little crazy during COVID. I think he was just a scared old guy and believed a lot of the hype in the news, but he's come back around. And he has said some pretty amazing things about the welfare state, about freedom of expression, freedoms in general. He still cries when he hears the national anthem and and sees our beautiful flag. So all is not lost on the rock generation. It just depends on who you're listening to. I got my final cut coming up next. The Right Side of Rock with Nick Summers. I talked about Eric Clapton. And the problems that he had after he got jabbed. He released a single last year with a uh, fellow, they call him a fellow vaccine skeptic, Robin Minotti. The song is called Heart of a Child. Some of the lyrics, don't break the heart of your child. Don't let the fear drive you wild. After successfully preventing a German widow from selling her late husband's bootleg CD, Clapton promised some additional holiday cheer by Friday of last year. Now, while this track isn't explicitly about COVID-19 in the same over-the-top way as his collaboration with Van Morrison, there are definite undertones to the anti-lockdown and vaccine-hesitant stances that Clapton has aligned with during the uh, pandemic. Here's a couple of lines. We lost the love of a man. I was proud to know they locked you down, boy. Made you grieve alone. Some of the lyrics state, turn off the TV, throw your phone away. Don't you remember? Remember what your daddy used to say? Clapton first detailed his disastrous health experience after receiving the COVID jab and blamed, quote, the propaganda for overstating the safety of the vaccine. The close friends later sat down for a 20-minute conversation where they questioned lockdowns, mandates, vaccine passport, the use of ivermectin, or actually the ban of the use of ivermectin and more. There's been so many studies out. Ivermectin has been proven very effective as a treatment for COVID. Dr. Peter McCullough, cardiologist. I mean, the guy's got so many degrees, it's ridiculous. The doctor out of Texas that uh, Liz Calloway and I have spoken about on the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers. We've played many of uh, his audio clips. 
he agrees ivermectin is absolutely a viable treatment for COVID and has it in his regimen that he recommends to his patients. He used to be pro-jab till he saw the disastrous results. And Eric Clapton has gone through that same thing. If you get a chance, check out the YouTube conversation with Robin Minotti. Now, he claims that he's not anti-vaccination. He's just not convinced that the jab is the safe way to go. He continues to deepen his connection with proponents of the anti-jab. There's a difference. Not anti-vaccine, just anti-COVID jab. Recently engaging an anti-jab kingpin Robert F. Kennedy for a lengthy video interview where he even bashed Rolling Stone for their article about his support about the anti-lockdown movement as well as his history of racial tirades, which we talked about previously. Here is that song in question. By the way, you can find all those videos on YouTube. Unless they've gotten rid of them by now. Who knows? Heart of a child. That's my final cut. The right side of rock. Here's the final cut. Listening to The Right Side of Rock with Nick Summers.